Hello and welcome to the Dairy Dialogue podcast, and this is number 63. It's also the last one of 2019, but we will be back in 2020, and it's looking like the first one of the new year will be on January the 10th. I'm Jim Cornall, editor of Dairy Reporter, and on the show this week we have three guests. We chatted with Heike Lume, business line manager of flexible packaging at Walki, about the company's aluminum-free lids that are being used by Arla in Finland. Beth Newhart spoke to Carol McBride, category director for sweets at Simrise, about the company's expansion, and we found out about Epi Ingredients launches at FIE in Paris recently with the company's marketing manager, Mathieu Lucot. And we also have our weekly update on the global dairy markets with Charlie Highland at INTLFC Stone. It's been a busy week and it's kind of odd that with the holidays here in the UK taking place next week, I'm already setting up interviews for January, getting notifications about the next trip at the end of January, booking accommodation for May and just generally living in the future. It'll be nice to kind of switch off for a few days next week though and hopefully you're able to do the same. It wouldn't be so bad if that crazy thing called life didn't get in the way of work. This is the week of Christmas parties at school, the annual Christmas play and of course shopping. Fortunately, Scotland isn't quite as busy as some places where you can't find car parking or a shopping trolley or a shopping cart, depending on where you are. But it's still hectic and expensive, even more so when your car dies in December, which mine did, finally lost the battle with the local potholes and the repair cost was more than the car was worth. So I now have a newer one, a newer monthly payment, but a car with heated seats. It's a new experience and initially a rather strange one. Funny how where you live determines whether something is worthwhile. If you live in Dubai, I'm sure that heated seats aren't really high on the priority list. It's been very windy here too, so much so that some of our outdoor decorations decided to move. It's also dark quite early, but the snow on the top of the mountains on the island of Aran looks very nice. At least it looks very nice from a distance. I don't miss shoveling feet and feet of snow from a long driveway every day for months. Let's move on to this week's news. We started off the week with the news that the US has reached an agreement on a new trade deal with China. Munson Machinery introduced a new mixer. Australia has a new mandatory dairy code. And there was a merger between DuPont and IFF. Danone has promised to make its yogurt vibrant in 2020 with some new launches in the US. And Dairy Farmers of Canada has reacted to some of the potential negatives for the industry due to the trade deal being negotiated with the US and Mexico. And on the subject of Mexico, Grupo Lala is looking for a new CEO. We heard about a great study in Australia where a Google Translate for cows is in the works. Rabobank's latest report says higher dairy prices may be on the horizon. And Friesland Campina Ingredients has launched a new milk cap powder. And Fonterra is streamlining its operations in Chile. These stories and more you can find on DairyReporter.com. Anyway, we should press on with the show. And our first guest this week is Heike Lume, business line manager of flexible packaging at Walki in Finland. It's a company that recently developed some more environmentally friendly lids for Arla. And first, Heike told us a bit more about the company. We are a Finnish-based company, basically. So our headquarters is here in, in Finland, close to Helsinki, the second biggest city, or let's say Nespo, which is, is the neighboring city to Helsinki. We see ourselves as one of the leading leading manufacturers of this kind of technical 
fiber-based laminates for, for different packagings where, where some kind of protection is needed. Is it then uh, consumer packaging or something something else uh, in the industry? So production we have uh, in Finland, in Germany, Netherlands or Holland, Poland, and even in the UK. And uh, where else? I think Russia we have one side close to the Finnish border there and uh, close in, in Shanghai as well, so in... Uh, close to Shanghai, Shangzhou. A Finnish company, but uh, very, very focused on, on uh, Central Europe, and, and uh, basically all laminates travel worldwide, so we produce from New Zealand to Chile to wherever, so it goes all over the world, basically, the laminates, what we do. I guess the, the main reason for the press release was helping Arlo with its um, with its lids. What did they, they came to you to figure out how to do this? Well, basically, Arla's target was, of course, to make an impact for the environment, and uh, they saw the carbon footprint as one of their main targets to reduce the carbon footprint of their packaging and, uh, of course, all their all their operations there. That was one of the leading things, and uh, typically aluminium leading is the, the main leading material nowadays, and uh, they just saw a chance that changing the cup from a standard plastic cup to a fiber-based cup, so what would be better than a fiber-based leading to close the cup? So they came to us as uh, as, as we we had this kind of material, so we were together developing this for for this this cup. Was it something that was relatively easy to come up with, or a lot of work? Because obviously there are so many considerations. It can't leak. It can't have spoilage. And exactly, there's there's a lot of all of things we need to take into consideration. But we have been working on this kind of fiber-based leading for four years already but uh, but to find really a new cup uh, we need to find the right parameters how to to seal the cup properly so these are the that was the main main thing of course the printability is one issue but really to get the, a good sealing and peeling and then have a tight seal so these were the, these were of course the big things to find find out and it's recyclable Worldwide or European-wide, we have so many different recycling systems and laws in, in different countries. We regard it as recyclable, especially in, in the Nordics. If you have a paper content of over 50%, then you can recycle that in cardboard recycling, which goes then to, to the certain paper mills and, uh, and it can, the fibers can be separated and, and uh, the polymers can be separated. Then. So we regard it as, as recyclable. But of course, different countries have different kind of uh, legislations for recycling, so it's always you need to see what kind of laws in different countries you have regarding that. Obviously, companies are looking to be more sustainable and to improve on their products, but if it's going to be double the price, then that becomes a consideration. How close are these to the cost of the aluminum lids? I would say it's it's very comparable to aluminum lid prices or, or other similar materials what are used for lidding. So... I would say we are more or less on the same line. But of course, then you get the benefit of, of these kind of environmental impact issues, which which are a benefit for the companies while trying to reduce their carbon footprint or anywhere, the environmental impact of their product. So, And in terms of the actual production, was it something that you need to get new equipment or was there anything no no uh, we basically we have the equipment is is we have designed of course the material in order to suit our current equipment so that was one of the basis of course starting to do that so that we don't have to purchase or 
get any new machinery or anything anything new for that. Of course, we have been during the years upgrading our machines and seeing, okay, if we improve that in the machine, we get a benefit in, in producing those materials. But this is basically a normal work, ongoing work with what we do here. And, and as far as it's being used right now on yogurt or any other products as well? Yogurt is, is one part, but it's it's I, th I think ice cream will be probably the biggest single use where it's used, this kind of single top uh, ice creams going from two deciliters or up to five or whatever is, is sold in store, so which are in, in many cases paper cups already. So this is a paper leading for the ice creams. But the the usage is wide. It's it's not only dairy industry. As I said, it can be ice cream industry, but there are also many other applications for it. Different kind of salads, whatever. So basically it could be used in in principle for whatever single used cup sealing and then different uh, in different areas. So but these are of course dairy, ice cream and others are the are are the biggest possibilities. Is Arla extending it to other products? Uh, they are, that, that's their target. Uh, what I understood from Arla that they would like to expand the portfolio further. Is it something that's gathering interest from other companies as well? Yes, very much. There's, there's a lot of interest. Uh, of course, one of the drivers is this uh, plastic-free or less plastics. Many companies want to have that. Of course, we still have plastics in our in our materials, but it's less plastics than than let's say conventional things, and of course here in the Nordics, this uh, this kind of fiber cups and uh, these are easily recyclable in in current recycling streams. So that's of course a big benefit. So you can work with if a company comes to you to find a solution, you can work with them right from their initial inquiry right, right the way through to the the end product. In principle, yes. Uh, what we are doing, or well, like is uh, we are actually doing the base laminate so we we have the knowledge in making the base material but our customers basically then they are printing and die cutting the single it's this these are then also special operations so uh, in in principle we can do the the whole chain but there's always in order to get it finalized we we need to have this kind of converter in between who is then printing and die cutting I know we're talking about the lids here, but I'm sure you get quite a lot of interest from companies now who are looking to become more sustainable because it's so important to the end consumer. Exactly. That, that's uh, currently the, the biggest, what they ask, our current customers are asking for recyclability. It's one of, one of the biggest topics at the moment, of course, reducing PE and so on. These are the, these are the topics, but, uh, but there's a lot of interest at the moment. Now, our US reporter Beth Newhart chatted with Carol McBride, Category Director for Suites at Simrise, which has expanded its North American footprint. Um, so, Simrise, um, we have our North American regional headquarters located in Cedar Brown, New Jersey. And this is where we have both our flavor and fragrance uh, divisions. And we have our liquid compounding facility here. And we've recently expanded our capabilities to include extraction, extraction capabilities, and which would include uh, vanilla and botanicals. We had liquid compounding, but we created extraction capabilities here in 
North America. And the exciting thing for us is that it now expands our capabilities in extraction, um, especially for vanilla, into three regions. So we can extract in Madagascar, we can extract in Germany, and we can extract in North America. Why was North America, you know, next on the list to expand into? Why is it such an important market? The um, need for vanilla is um, really huge in North America with the specific um, products that use vanilla, like ice cream, bakery, uh, yogurts, all types of confectionery products. So the market is really huge, and it really facilitates our ability to supply different types of products in the extract world, specifically vanilla. And the botanicals is a very important area for us for beverage application and for other applications um, like carbonated seltzers and things like that that require other types of um, flavor profiles. So the benefits are really um, important for our key customers that are located in North America because um, if you have a supply chain that's across the um, ocean, either in Germany or Madagascar. You do um, need to um, plan very strictly to have the requirements and to have the material on hand. So it shortens lead times because we're able to have the material either on hand or manufacture it directly here. It also um, helps us to create more signature profiles. So if somebody says, I want a combination extract vanilla plus like vanilla plus orange or vanilla plus something else we can adapt very quickly so it's speed to market and it's flexibility in creating those different product types mm -hmm. supply chain transparency and also supply chain reducing the complexity so we could buy our vanilla beans directly from madagascar and have them delivered here and then we could manage our inventory and manage our supply chain in a different way as opposed to going through um, extraction in Germany. As far as the carbon footprint and those types of things, we haven't measured any of that yet. Um, hopefully we are um, in the process of our business development plan and we'll be growing the business to really expand and use our, our capacity for these extracts in 2020 and 2021. Do you anticipate Simrise's um, client portfolio expanding with this? There are some areas that we're looking at, not only extracts from selling as a flavor solution, but we're looking at selling extracts into more commercial space and also vanilla beans to partners and customers that we haven't dealt with before. So it's very exciting. Is there anything that you, you think this might uh, appeal to in North America that you know, maybe wasn't a possibility for the company before? I think um, we didn't limit ourselves before, so it certainly um, was um, open an open playing field to deliver both vanilla extracts and botanicals to all different types of products. Where I see us um, expanding is that more and more consumers are looking for a simple label and for products that they recognize. So these extracts are really... Um, playing into that consumer need or consumer want for simple labels and more direct ingredients that have meaning or that have a, a known name as opposed to flavor. So for dairy, we feel that 
you know, our vanilla extracts provide um, a really good quality profile and the impact and intensity of the vanilla is really important. Also on the botanicals, um, they may also have application in dairy, but I think um, areas that we would be looking at is not only the dairy space, but the dairy alternatives like plant proteins and other types of products that are trending in the marketplace. And now it's over to France for Epi Ingredients, which was showcasing some products at Food Ingredients Europe in Paris recently. And we can find out about them, including So Crispies, from the company's marketing manager, Mathieu Luco. So how are things at Epi Ingredients? Busy, yeah, busy. We just uh, finished uh, FIE. It was a very busy show uh, with uh, lots uh, of things to do. Uh, lots of visitors, lots uh, of... Uh, uh, things to talk about so it was a uh, yeah it was a very nice show and now we we have to to make the 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 after show you know it's uh, it's always a, a big work and and and, uh, and lots of work to analyze all the visitors uh, all the contacts come back to them after our discussion uh, on the show so um, so yeah it's 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 a good time but it's uh, very busy before uh, before christmas uh, periods yeah i guess for most of us who go to a show we go and then we do our thing and we come back and that's it but for you you have to come back and really i guess that's when some of the hard work begins exactly exactly and it it, it takes a lot of time a lot of time because uh, you have to analyze all the discussion to send some samples to send some informations to come back to customers who who would like to to think very urgently uh, after the show uh, and and you have you haven't got some time during the show so so when you come back you you are a little bit tired but you have to to make uh, lots of uh, things uh, and because of the time also because of the christmas period is very close uh, we need to 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 finish all that uh, very quickly and what were you showcasing at FIE we showcase uh, like every every year so since 3 years now we we are showcasing a concept so crispies that was the the big uh, focus on on the show the concept uh, an ingredients it's a unique concept in the in the world of ingredients because it's a crispy ingredients in fact we had two specific two specific uh, recipe uh, one is a patented crisp ingredients, fully nutrition-oriented uh, formulation containing 100% dairy proteins. Um, so this so crisp is, is a, a new take on protein consumption. It could be used as inclusion, uh, not only in candy bars or in cereal bars, but also in chocolate or even uh, as a topping for ice cream or frozen yogurt, frozen dessert, we can imagine a lot of of use for this uh, this specific uh, concept. It brings only proteins, so it it's very interesting. And the ra- the ratio why is patented is because the ratio of uh, the protein content on dry matter is around uh, 90 to 96 percent. Uh, so it's it's uh, very high compared to other 
products like this existing on the market because we saw some companies who who are manufacturing this kind of uh, product. But we had the higher protein content, so it's very interesting for companies who would like to make a new take on protein consumption and 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 uh, add new texture to to their finished product. So that's very interesting. The second one is 100% indulged focus formulation featuring our, our yogurt powder. Yeah, we can say it's a revolutionary yogurt flavored add-in. Uh, it will bring an exclusive crunchiness uh, to the recipe of our customers and is designed to, to, to fit into a, a wide variety of food applications adding a distinctive yogurt flavor uh, to the products for for our customers. It's the same use. It's uh, use uh, like an inclusion for snacking, for example, uh, conventional products also uh, in chocolate, in bars, in in lots of uh, lots of matrix food matrices, in fact, and it brings a, a real native yogurt taste. So that's why the, uh, the big focus of this So Crispy's um, concept for the for the show. Uh, the second one is we, you know, we are a manufacturer of uh, fermented powders, and we have shown our know-how uh, about powders, uh, ethnic powders. Uh, when we we talk about ethnic powders, is it's um, uh, for example kefir powders, skir powders, uh, quark powders. You know, it's all of fermented products existing on different countries and different forms, uh, and we have the capacity to to manufacture that in powder. So we are showing that with our know-how, we are able to make uh, these specific products, uh, ethnic fermented products in powders, to use it in different matrices like filling uh, in, in bakery, for example, or ice cream, uh, or we can imagine all of uh, food applications. It seems like both of them are extremely versatile, especially considering one of the big trends lately is high protein. Yeah, of course, of course. And I, I did not uh, talk about cereal also, but for of course for cereals uh, at the breakfast, for porridge, for example, you know, you can add, you can bring some proteins, so it's very trendy, and you can bring uh, some a new texture, uh, a crispy texture to a uh, matrix, so it's very interesting. And and we had a lot of uh, visitors that uh, they are interested in this product. You mentioned how useful this is in other products. Is it also something that could be used as a standalone, like you would have it on your breakfast table and something you could sprinkle on your porridge or in your cereal? We can imagine uh, both. Uh, we can imagine that, uh, uh, for example, bar manufacturers in, in, buy uh, from us this product and include it in their bars. But we can imagine that you have uh, uh, directly uh, the products for the consumers and, and uh, consumers uh, could uh, add in the cereal, in the porridge, in, in, the, in their ice cream as a topping. We can all imagine. But in fact, to be very clear, our first target is to sell to manufacturer uh, and to use it as inclusion. 
but we can imagine, uh, as you said, for consumers. But we we are a manufacturer of uh, dairy ingredients, uh, so we haven't got the, the capacity to transform uh, that on finished products uh, for B2C markets. So we are more uh, B2B focus. But if if uh, we we are finding a partners who would like to to make uh, the, make uh, this ingredient as a finished product we can we can do it of course and now it's time for our weekly look at the global dairy markets and this week it's with charlie highland at intl fc stone hi jim um so uh, interesting market uh, this week in dairy, um, the main driver of activity was the, the New Zealand uh, Global Dairy Trade Auction on Tuesday. Um, that uh, surprised most uh, people with how aggressive that fell. It dropped 5.1% overall, um, with most of the fall coming from skim milk powder, which was down 6.3%, and whole milk powder, which was down 6.7%. Um, a couple of reasons why uh, that the the auction was lower. I think the main one was that the that Fonterra added significant volumes in advance of the event, which um, basically there wasn't demand uh, a sufficient demand to 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 take it all and 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 take it all at, at prices which were up or uh, similar to where we we closed the auction in the previous event. So it does lead uh, a few question marks, or led the, the industry with a few question marks over how good the demand really is uh, in the international markets. Up until recently, they were, um, up until this week, I guess, the expectation was demand was very good. So they, the week GDT auction did also have an impact on bringing prices uh, in Europe uh, and uh, US as well slightly lower, um, especially for skim milk powder, um, which was down about 50 euros per ton on the week. Um, besides that, uh, the markets have been reasonably quiet uh, coming up to, to Christmas now. Um, obviously, there's a number of participants who are slowing down in their activities, so we don't expect any major change now for the next few weeks. Thanks, Charlie. We'll talk to you, Oliam, again next year. INTL FC Stone provides risk management and margin hedging programs and services, as well as OTC hedging tool and M&A advisory services to the global dairy industry. And that's it. Another year of news and podcasts over, and we hope you will join us again in January for more dairy-related features and news, and of course, interviews, one of which is already done for that first show in January. I hope you have a great holiday season and a peaceful and wonderful new year, and as always, thanks for listening.